Well, surprise, I'm up here this morning to y'all and myself. Uh, Pastor Coleman woke up this morning under the weather, and uh, he called his reliever in. So here I am. Um, I just want to take a moment. I want to pray, and then we're going to jump into Genesis chapter 22, one of my favorite passages. Yes, we're not in Mark, but I thought, man, where should I go? Genesis chapter 22, I love it, and so we're going to go right there. So let's pray real quick, and then we'll jump in. God, we thank you for this morning. God, I pray right now as we open your word, God, that you would teach us, that we would hear from you. God, I pray uh, that you would speak through me. God, we pray for Pastor Coleman, that he would, um, him and his wife would come back to health and they'd be feeling good and better and rested. It's God, we love you, we trust you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. So Genesis chapter 22, one of my favorite passages. We're going to read a little bit this morning, so bear with me. But we're going to start in verse 1. It says this. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Hold up real fast. I feel like I say this every single time. This Bible is interesting. It is not, not boring. And in the first two verses of Genesis chapter 22, God tells Abraham to go sacrifice his son. Now, there's a little bit of history that comes with this. Some of y'all may know. So we're going to jump back just a little bit. Genesis chapter 15, in verse 4, it says this, This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said, So shall your offspring be. We look ahead in chapter 17, more to this promise here, verse 2. It says, I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. And so as we look at this history, we realize without reading a ton that there was a promise between God and Abraham and Sarah that they are going to have a child and that this child would, would then go on and they would have descendants that number the stars. Now, if you also read in there, we'll just jump to chapter 21, starting in verse 1. We're all over the place, I'm sorry. It says this, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time God had promised him, Abraham gave, uh, gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. Verse 5, Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born. And these next two verses, I love them. It says, Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And then she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne 
uh, I've borne him a son in his old age. You see, Sarah and Abraham were old. I just OLD, they were old, past the years of childbearing. And God's like, I promise you, you're going to have a son, and, and he's going to have descendants that number the stars. And they're like, uh, what? <laughs> are you sure? Like, God, you're, you're running, God, you are running out of time, right? That's how they were feeling. But sure enough, God, in his plan, that doesn't always make sense, as we'll see continuously throughout this passage, he gives them a son, Isaac, at 100 years old. And then, not just the next, the next, pair, or next chapter, at the beginning, God's like, hey, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son, the son I promised you, the son you had when you were 100 years old, the son in which you love, I want you to go and sacrifice him. What? Really, God? Like, I, I don't understand. This doesn't, this doesn't make any sense. But let's keep on going. Verse 3, early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Two things here that strike me, that stand out to me in these three verses. The first one is early the next morning. God comes to Abraham, I want you to go and sacrifice your son. Go to this mountain, take your wood, your knife, and go and sacrifice your son. And Abraham doesn't, be, he doesn't sit back and he's like, all right, God, let me pray about this. Let me think about this. I'm going to meditate on this. Maybe in like a month, if I still feel this, then I'll go. Or like a year. It's like the next morning. Not just the next morning, but early the next morning, he gets up, he cuts wood, he gets his servants, he gets his son, and they head out towards Moriah on a mountain God will show him. The second thing that stands out to me is not only did he leave early the next morning and head out, but at the beginning of verse 4, it says, on the third day. This was a long trip. Three days of Abraham walking with his son and his servants towards this mountain in which he knows well, the moment he gets there, he is going to sacrifice his son. Three days of thinking about it. God, is this really what you want me to do? Did I hear you right? God, are you sure? Is there a better way? But three days of continuously stepping forward one step at a time. It reminds me of one of my favorite uh, CrossFit brands. You're like, what? CrossFit brands, just hang with me. Rich Froning, he's a four-time CrossFit uh, champion. He started a brand called Froning Farms, and their uh, mascot, if you will, is the bison. If you didn't know, side fact, uh, they're not called buffaloes. They're called bison. They're American buffalo. They're bison. You can look it up. Interesting. Uh, but their slogan is into the storm. Uh, Miss Carol, wherever she is, she's like, you're always wearing those into the storm shirts. I wear like one a week probably. And I've told her this. She knows what I'm about to say. But the reason that this is their slogan, into the storm, the reason behind all this is that it says this on their website. When bison are up against the storm, they turn to meet it head on. They square their shoulders and brace against its power, but they always move forward. 
They never try to avoid the hardship. They, try, they charge ahead to limit the pain they will experience. And I think about Abraham in this moment in which he's got a three-day journey. A three-day journey to think about what's going to go on, the, the, the pain that's going to happen, the, the challenge that it is, all the questions, the confusion. When I'm working out, I'm like, why am I doing this? I should just quit right now. And Abraham is in this moment, he is charging into this storm that, that, that God has called him to, taking a faithful step after a faithful step for three days straight. Then we continue on, verse 6. Abraham took the wood. So they said, we're going we're gonna to go up this mountain, we'll be right back. Verse 6, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, but, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. You see, Isaac's starting to realize... We maybe have done this before, like we've got the fire, we've got the wood, we're, we're doing what God has set us to do, but hey, Dad, we, we, we forgot the lamb. We, we forgot the, the thing we're going to sacrifice. And Abraham, I, I imagine this is a quick response. Hey, God, God himself will provide something. He'll provide the lamb for the sacrifice. We're just going faithfully. Verse 9. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand. He took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to harm him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld your son, your only son. When I, when I, when I think through the picture of, of this, when, when I look at Abraham and, and, and everything that describes him up until this moment, God calls him to go and sacrifice his son. Early the next morning he gets up. He cuts the wood. He gets everything he needs. They head off on the road. Three days straight, he continues to walk there. They get to the mountain. He's like, y'all stay here. We're going to go up. We'll be right back. They build the altar. Abraham is on, I mean, he, he is going. There is no hesitation. There's probably doubts and thoughts going through his head, but there's no hesitation in his actions. And so when he gets him up on this altar and he pulls out the knife, I don't think Abraham was like, are you sure, God? <laughs> this is your last chance. You see, because God can see Abraham's heart. God knows his intentions, and God knows that Abraham was 100% on board. And, and, and this angel cried out at the exact moment, causing Abraham to stop. See, when God calls us to do something, we, we got to do it right away. And we got to do it 100% all in on board. Abraham didn't pump fake God. He didn't, he didn't test God. In verse 12, it says, uh, 
Now I know you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham had every intention to sacrifice his son in that moment. He had every intention to go forward with, with the, the command that God had given him. And when we think about this, when we think about everything, what did Abraham know? Well, Abraham knew that God promised him descendants that numbered the stars in the sky. God, or, uh, Abraham also knew biology. And that Isaac was likely a part of that plan. But he knew that God was in control, that God had a plan. He trusted him fully. He had faith in him fully. And he went forward with the plan that God had intended for him. In verse 13, Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by his horns. He went over, took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And on this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. I want to point out one more thing about Abraham. I kind of skipped over it on purpose because I wanted to go back to it. If you have your Bible, look at verse 5. They get to the mountain. And it's time. It's game time. They've traveled. They've gotten to the place. It is game time. And Abraham says to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. And then these three words right here. We will worship. Man, I get chills when I read that. We will go worship and then we will be back. You see, worship, they weren't, they weren't going up here to, to sit around a campfire and sing some songs and sing some praise to God. But his actions and what he was doing and obeying God's command was his worship. Romans 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Obeying God's command, doing what God called him to do, is, was his act of worship. I just love this passage. There's so much in it. There, there are so many directions I can go. And I've, I've, I've studied this, taught on this a couple times, but this is the first time that I've taught on this passage uh, having a son of my own. And yes, I'm going to use this opportunity standing up here to show you my son. And so here he is, Mr. Luke. That was last week on the beach. I told you all we were there. White sand, white shirt. There he is. Beautiful, handsome, love him. But I think when I used to study this passage, y'all can take him off. I know it would be distracting. <laughs> when I look at this passage and I read through it, I think for the longest time, I imagined Isaac as being like a little bitty boy. Not that little, but a little boy. You know, four or five years old. He's like with his dad. All right, daddy, here we go. We're going on a road trip. I mean, I mean, literally, like in verse 
or in chapter 21, he's born. In chapter 22, they're going to sacrifice him. So every time I've read this, I'm like, it's a little boy. But commentaries believe that Abraham was probably in his 20s or 30s. In verse 6, we, we know that Isaac is big enough where Abraham takes the wood for the burnt offering and places it on his son. So he's big enough at least to carry all this wood up this mountain for the sacrifice. And it leads me to believe that, Abraham, or that Isaac could probably take on his dad. He's probably big enough, strong enough, he could fight back with his dad. And so why is this important? Why am I bringing this up? Well, when you read this story and you look at this whole passage in the context that, that, Abraham, or that Isaac is older than he actually, what we think he was. He was a strong, he was a man is what he was. Well, then in verse 9, it says, When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. You see, when we look at Abraham's faith, we look at this passage like, man, Abraham, he, he has so much faith. He said yes. He went. He, he took step after step for three days. He, sat, he went to sacrifice his son. He wasn't going to stop. All these different things. We look at Abraham. But I don't want us to miss the faith of Isaac. Don't miss the faith of Isaac. He willingly got on that altar and laid down and let his dad tie him down. He could have ran away. He could have fought his dad. He could have pushed him away. All these different things. But he willingly sat or laid down on the altar. You see, the other thing is when we look at Isaac and we look at this story, we see a huge connection between Isaac and who? Jesus. If you don't believe me, here we go. Verse 2. It says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. God had one son, Jesus. His only son. He sent his only son, whom he loved. In verse 6, Abraham takes the wood and he carries the wood up the mountain. And if you remember, just as Jesus took the cross and carried the cross up the mountain. Isaac was bound to the, 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 the altar. He willingly got on the altar. He could have left it. He could have avoided it. But he willingly laid down on the altar to allow his dad to tie him up. And in the same way, as Jesus was fully man, we know we believe he was fully God. And he could have stopped it. He could have killed everyone in the moment. He could have ran away. He could have disappeared. He could have done whatever he wanted to do. But he willingly got on that cross. I love to think back uh, or, or just, just before that moment when he's in the garden and he's sweating blood, praying, God, if there's any other way, let's go that way. Take this cup from me. I don't want to do this. 
but that this is the way your will be done. You see, Jesus, just as Isaac, they willingly got on the altar. They willingly got on the cross. See, when we look at Abraham and Isaac, we look at their faith. I think I just love this passage because it's so inspiring. I mean, it is incredible. My prayer, my hope is that my faith will be, will be half of that. I couldn't imagine God saying, hey, Zach, go and sacrifice Luke. I'd be like, oh, whoa, what? I don't think so. Are you sure? See, God's plan doesn't always make sense. I think about this morning, I'm like, God's plan doesn't always make sense. It wasn't the plan for me to be up here this morning, but here we are, right? It doesn't always make sense. It doesn't mean we're going to have the answers. God's plan doesn't mean that we're, that we're going to know the plan or agree with the plan or like the plan. But when we live in God's plan, it gives us confidence that he is in control. That he can do more than we can even imagine. I think Abraham, oh, I just lost my place here. I think Abraham in this moment when Isaac's like, we have, we have the wood, we have the fire, but, but where's the offering? Like, Abraham knew. He knew the truth. He didn't know what the plan was. He didn't know how everything was going to play out. But his response immediately, not knowing what this even meant, was God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. I think it's a quick response. He believed that wholeheartedly. And we see that in his actions every step of the way. And the truth is, it's just as God provided the lamb for Isaac right there in that moment, the ram caught up in the, in the thorns, God has provided the lamb, the sacrifice, has provided his son Jesus for you and me. So I'm going to pray. And then we're going to have a time of invitation. If you need to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, today is the day. If you need to come and join our church, we'd love to have you come and belong here in fellowship at Katie's First. Today is the day.